0: Welcome to Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the Center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. So this month, as October is unfolding, we are diving into our consciousness, as we do each week, each month, but we are exploring this month specifically about how our consciousness and the embodiment of wholeness and abundance is required. It's required if we are going to live our life out loud. Right? And that's our theme for the month. I mean, for the year, actually. The theme, our theme for the year is living out loud. And so each month we've been examining the areas of our life that support us in being and doing and living in that state of out loud. You can describe that as living your authentic life, standing in your truth, standing in your power, letting your voice be seen and heard not holding back, but with compassion and understanding, allowing yourself to be seen and heard as well as witnessing those that are, are uh, walking the path with you, letting them, letting them remain in their own path, <laughs> you know in their lane as we stay in ours. But to live our, off, authentically. And we've looked at different areas throughout this year, and this month we are examining around the ideas of scarcity versus prosperity, abundance. Lack and limitation and struggle, a consciousness of that versus one of flow and harmony and wholeness and well-being. And in order for us to step into that living out loud, if we are occupying or or living with the consciousness of not enough, never enough, then how likely are we to step out into our next level of becoming? Because we may be convinced (laughs) that what we need or want is not available for us to be or do that. Last week we touched on escaping the tyranny of never enough, this concept of never enough, that, that there is a trance that, that all of humanity is walking around in. It's universal in our condition and our circumstances, this idea, this perception of never enough. This thing keeps going down, before I know it, I'll be on the floor. <laughs> You know, we delved into the message of never enough last week, and that's that idea that that either I'm not enough or that there is not enough available to me. I'm somehow lacking, or what I need in order for me to move forward is not available to me. And we've received these messages. I mean, it is just, it is universal, as I mentioned. Our parents have told us, Society has told us, the media tells us these messages of of that struggle, lack, limitation is a given. Isn't that the messages that we have been given? At least I know I have. You know, growing up in our house, there were stories of, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Did you hear that in your house? Oh, okay. Maybe we had the, you know, maybe we were parents from, you know, brothers and sisters from different fathers and mothers, right? But these ideas, this concepts of not enough keeps us from living out loud. And so this month, we are declaring that enough is enough. Enough is enough. Struggle and lack, that idea. You know, if struggling, if struggling and efforting would get us and move us forward, we would be there already, wouldn't we? So clearly, and you know, and this is the thing, we, we may not come to that conclusion if we're under the trance of it. If we're operating from the space that there's not enough without even questioning it, then we'll, begin, then we'll live our lives in trying to get enough. Trying to get enough. I will be fulfilled, I will be whole, I will be happy. The world will be a better place when there's enough. What if there is? What if there is? And the truth with a capital T, all of, this, all of the spiritual teachers and masters have told us that spirit source provides for our every need. But we're not yet convinced of that, are we? <laughs> and that's the work that is ours to do. That is the work of ours to do. Last week, the, um, the idea that Victoria Castle shared with us, and I'm using, I'm pulling from Victoria Castle's book, The Trance of Scarcity, some of the ideas to support us in our conversation this month. She offers the idea that is if we stop doing or saying those things that keep us asleep or in the trance, that our natural state will assert itself, it will emerge. You know, think of if you hold a cork underwater or how many of you ever played as a kid in the swimming pool, you took the, one of the floaties, whatever floaty it was, maybe it was a ball or something, and you would hold it under the water, right? Were you successful? Were you successful? Maybe for a minute, as long as you kept holding it down, it would stay under the surface, But when you stopped doing that thing to hold it down, what would happen? It would pop back up. Our natural state, our natural state is one of abundance. It is harmony and flow and wholeness. That is our natural state. It may not be our normal state, living in an environment where separation is the delusion. Einstein tells us that. We have these perceptions that we are separate and then we assume them to be true and and then we begin to live from we are separate. I'm separate from you, I'm separate from my good. And so Victoria Castle said for us to begin to do our work by when we notice ourselves Feeling pinched off, cut off, not enough. We're doing that thing that we do. We're saying the things that we say that keep us beneath the surface. But she says to consent. To consent to the flow. To consent. And the word consent, its root comes from The Latin, consentere. Does that sound good? I don't know. That might be it. But the consent means to agree with feeling. And so our work to do and to, to say enough is enough, to struggle and lack because enough is enough, then to Find it, that feeling, to consent with it by feeling, to connect to the feeling of enough so that we can walk and live and move and have our being in the truth of that. You know, Dr. Ernest Holmes in This Thing Called You writes that the greatest gift life could have made to you is what? Yourself. Yourself. Oh, if we but believed that. You are a spontaneous, self-choosing center of life in the great drama of being, the great joy of becoming, the certainty of eternal expansion. You could not ask for more, and more could not have been given. Dr. Holmes reminds us of our inherent worth and not just our worth, but the the reality that the life that we are here to enjoy, to experience, and to express is enough. More could not been given, he said. And so our work is to begin to notice that. Too often, though, we don't notice that. We notice what's missing. Well, at least I do. I'm very good at that. I'm expert. I can tell you, you can ask for an opinion, and Kevin can tell you this, it's just that, that he could tell me, oh, so what do you think about this? And it's, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm just wired that way, or maybe it's human nature. It's the way we've been conditioned. What's missing? How it needs to be improved. <laughs> what would make it better? Is anyone else like that? Please don't let me think of a lonely. <laughs> but so Victoria told us that our practice is to consent to, to that when we're noticing that we're outside of this circle, she calls it the circle of belonging. Just imagine it. you know, there is this space. Just, just imagine that field of energy where there is no holding down the cork. Right? That we are floating on the stream, that that there is no resistance, that we're in the flow, that that for us to access that. When we notice that we are cut off from it, then for us to consent, to stop doing the thing that we're doing. And she writes this, she goes, consent is simply accepting our place in the flow. It's a choice made from moment to moment. What is it? It's a a choice. A choice. Whenever you notice you've stepped out of the circle, consent to come back in. That means to agree with feeling. Find the feeling. Agree with it through feeling. Aligning with this divine life is how we tap into abundance. And it's when we stop telling those narratives. Remember I said when we stop doing the thing we do, stop holding the cork down, when we cease holding ourselves down, that's when we begin to experience the buoyancy of flow, of wholeness, of abundance. So there's stories that that go on in our heads. We may not be always tuned into them because we accept them, some of these stories. They just are. We're so enmeshed in them sometimes we can't separate them from the truth of who we are. We just say, I am, you know, or I don't have enough. Believing that that's all the truth of all of us, we act that way. But there are beliefs and stories that are operating within our consciousness automatically because they haven't been challenged. And today we're talking about upgrading those stories. Those stories that keep us in the stuckness, that keep us down to to start telling new stories. You know, think about it. If a a child, and this is, we wouldn't have to imagine too much what the experience of a child would be, but think about, you know, if it was like the first day of school. I remember my first day of kindergarten. I remember my, my mother dropping me off. Does anyone remember their first day of school? No? All right, well, I'll tell you what mine was like. My mother dropped me off, and I remember I was so excited. I was so excited to get there until she said, Okay, bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye. And I wasn't alone that felt maybe abandoned. (laughs) Where are you going? Where are you going? But think about the experience of the kids who were like mine, that, who felt that they were abandoned. What was their experience? Can you imagine what the experience of that day might have been like? Probably not so good. I got over it pretty quick, especially when I saw those around me who were crying and upset. I wanted to help them. <laughs> I wanted to help them. But the story of those who were upset in that classroom, of that, what am I doing here? I'm alone. I'm left. I and then those those thoughts and those stories affected their experience rather than the kids who were like, you know, they were they were just bouncing off the walls and couldn't get enough. Do you think those kids might have been telling a different story? Now in our own lives. When we are having the experience of not enough, I'm not enough, there's never enough, not enough time, not enough energy, not enough support, not enough love, (laughs) whatever it is, those narratives, those narratives then give us our perceptions and that's, we experience then life, it's it's done unto us as we perceive, (laughs) it's done unto us as we believe. Same difference. And so if we are are in that story of not enough, we tell a story enough, then it becomes our way of being. You know, modern neuroscience tells us this. Do you know if you think a thought enough times, what happens to it? It becomes a belief. If you think a thought enough times, if you think it enough, It becomes a belief. You don't even question it. But why? Why is that? What's actually going on? Do you know there's a physiological thing that's happening in your nervous system for thoughts to become beliefs? They become neural pathways. They become neural pathways. Neurons are firing in a certain certain path. And the more that that path is used, it becomes the path of least resistance. It becomes our natural way of being. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it does. So it is not just our stories, it's not just the stories that are affecting our experience, but it's also our behaviors that come about as a result of those stories. Do you see, we've got two things going on here. There's not just our thoughts. Because if it was just our thoughts, many of us would already, we would have won the lottery. I know what some of you are affirming. I know what some of those, uh, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery. And if it was just thoughts, then we would be, of course, we would be abundant and full but there's not just that. As a result of these patterns of being, they have become ingrained and wired into our bodies, and so we are actually, we are, our bodies and our minds are what are giving us our current experience. When one adopts the belief, I'm stupid, they might shy away from expressing their views. Do you think? If someone has a belief that I'm unattractive, I'm not as pretty as, as my sister, or I'm not as good looking as my brother, they, the person who has that belief operating them, may create behavior where they may even avoid eye contact. They may not even look at others, or, or they don't even wanna be seen by others because of a discomfort because of a diminished self-worth. Our stories that we tell ourselves, and many of them were given to us, aren't just thoughts in our minds, but they also have weight in our bodies. Victoria Castle, she said in her book, she goes, we live the stories that live in us. We live the stories that live in us. So these stories and these ideas and thoughts of not enough, whatever they may be, the lack or limitation and struggle, those aren't just clouds passing by in our minds, but over time, when we begin to really sort of hang out in them and cultivate them, they define our reality. Ernest Holmes gives us a solution. I love Dr. Holmes, this is why I'm here. He says if we lack, if we feel isolated or without opportunities, it's essential to cleanse our consciousness of any what? Sense of of lack. lack. We remove thought from consciousness by introducing the opposite, more empowering thought. And so this is where we begin. We begin by replacing these thoughts because the thoughts eventually become patterns of being in our bodies. But we need to become conscious of our thoughts first. But if they're reflex, how do we do that? Have you ever made a promise to yourself? You know, it's like, you know, I'm going to stop doing that thing I do. And then before you even know it, you did it. And she said, you know what, if I, just, if I could just stop myself from doing that thing that I do, then I'd be fine. Oh, there, I did it again. It takes practice. But she offers in her book one of the things, a, a tool or a practice, is, is that she refers to as centering. Centering. That as we move through our day, as we move in and out of conversations, as we move through our experience, that we center ourselves, which is like a mental anchor, which is a, a way to align to the truth. When we notice out of we are out of the flow, and and we consent to getting back in, the way to us getting back in is. is all right, I'm gonna consent, I'm gonna do it with feeling and I need to get centered because right now I'm not feeling so centered. I'm gonna get centered. I'm gonna get open and knowing I'm getting censored, then I'm going to be doing and thinking and feeling something different that I'm not. I'm inserting that into my awareness so that I can attend and adjust to whatever stories or state might be going on in my body or mind. She offers in her book a roadmap, and we're gonna be, you know, we've got three more weeks this month, and so the highlight for today is, is for us to begin to start examining the stories that we're telling ourselves and how we feel in our bodies, stories, state. Stories, state. State is the way of being, what you're feeling. That's the time that maybe when you're holding your breath, you can tell what's your experience in your body when you tune in to what's happening in your body at that moment. When you're stressed and upset, do you feel good in your body? What might you feel in your body? If you're feeling anxiety, what might you be feeling in your body? Tension. You feeling, and how does fear show up, though? How does it feel? How do you know you're feeling fear? How's Yeah, stomach acid. <laughs> just the, or, or just even the feeling of shutting down, or I can't even think straight, or, or, or there is maybe a, a the tension in our bodies. I'm feeling distracted, and so to, when we're noticing the state of our bodies or the stories in our mind, then ours is the consent, that's the beginning of the work, and then to begin to work with those stories and state. And she offers that we do that by attending and adjusting them. She gives four sort of a pathway here, and they're very simple, I'm just gonna step through them quickly, but the first one is, is to notice what you're noticing, which takes mindfulness. It takes awareness. When we are, when we oops, oh, there I did it again. Oh, there I did it again. This is because I'm not living consciously. I'm not allowing myself to actually be mindful of, of the life that I'm living or, or, or taking responsibility for it even. But we need to notice what we're noticing and taking time throughout the day for introspection. And so it it isn't something that you currently do. Do you know in the Islamic faith, they pray five times a day. That's one of the pillars of Islam is to pray five times a day. Do you think our lives might be different and on our own paths? That if we stopped five times a day to, to reconnect, to source, to get centered and grounded? Do you think we might be more conscious of the states and stories that are going on in our bodies and minds? Maybe. Probably. Yes. (laughs) And what are we looking for? We're looking for, for where is it that I'm feeling that I'm not enough or that there isn't enough. And then we begin to inquire. Do some inquiry. Is it true? This story that I don't have enough money, is it true? Well, I have all sorts of evidence for it. But if we were to sit and go and examine it further and further, (coughs) well, so I don't have enough money, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And before you know it, you're going to get to what it is, the core story that you're really holding on to. It's not about the money, but it could be that, that I'm afraid that, I'm, that life isn't looking out for me. I'm alone. There's a deeper story there, but to inquire to the truth of it, to reflect on its origin. Is it the truth of my essence, or is it simply a story that I've been told by someone else? Maybe this is what my parents told me, or this is the way society um, says it should be, or this is the way they do it in Rhode Island, you know? (laughs) And then when we become aware of those stories and we begin to investigate them, then the next step to attend and to um, um, to, to attend and adjust is to upgrade. What's a more life-affirming story? What's another way I could tell this story that's in alignment with the truth? Look at those narratives. And, and this isn't just about replacing it and just say, you know what, if we went from this idea, oh, I'm stupid, to where I possess wisdom, it's not, it's, it's, it's more than just replacing one thought for another, but it is also looking and seeking and finding our way to where we're feeling that in our body that we can feel the truth of it. I possess wisdom. You're right now just drop into your drop into your hearts right now. And is there a space in your body that you can sense and feel wisdom? It may be just your big toe. Your wisdom may be in your big toe. But it's true. And so we lean into that. And then we seek to embrace it and embody it. And then the fourth step in, in attending and adjusting our story is to live the change. To live the change. If this is true, wisdom lives in me. There's only one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. And that life is my life now. For me to live that truth, that the perfection and wholeness of God's life is my life, how might I show up in this conversation? How might someone whose life is the life of God respond to that text that I received? Or that email that someone sent or that message my family member left. Oh God, I don't want to call them back. <laughs> but if I'm living the change, then I am beginning to lean into a new state and way of being In essence, our journey from scarcity to abundance revolves around those steps. We pay attention. We notice what we're noticing. You know, Emerson, what do we need to do? We need to stand guard guard at the portal of our minds. Noticing what we're noticing. And then when we notice something, inquire into it. Is that the truth of who I am? And if it's not and it's someone else's truth that they've tried to impose on us, then we upgrade it to something that is life-affirming, that is, gives me like, um, satisfaction and meaning, and then I live that. You see, this is how we make the journey from not enough, never enough, to abundance and wholeness. So I mentioned transformation is not just mental, it's not just about the stories, but it's also about the narratives that as they live in our bodies, our physiology echoes it, and there may be work that we need to do to help work that out. But Victoria Castle, she says, contraction is the breeding ground of scarcity. Contraction. Do you know what contraction feels like in your body? Oh, everyone, it's just it's like, oh yeah, you know. There's another clue. There's a clue. When you may not be able to tune into the story and find the words that is like, what is what is this story I'm telling about lack? I'm not enough. I, I'm stupid, so I possess wisdom. No, you might be able to find it more easily by tuning into your body and say, like, am I feeling contraction? Oh. There's an old state that's inhabiting in my body right now. And let me work with that. Let me just consent to flow. Let me consent and feel harmony. Let me breathe into that contraction. Let me breathe into it. Expansion. Because that is the truth of who I am. Our transformation is not just about changing our minds. It's also changing our bodies. Castle emphasizes in our book, and we've heard these phrases of flight or fright, flight or fright or freeze. We've heard this. Have you heard this? That our reaction you know, our reaction when people are scared, it's usually there's a flight or fright response. We're either afraid, we're going we're to either fight, or we're going to run away. That's usually, that's how it works in nature. Or, as human beings, we also can freeze. We may not know what to do. Some of us who lived with trauma and grew up in households that maybe we didn't have we didn't have the, the freedom to, to run away or to say something. We or what we knew is just you know what if I just freeze like a possum and play dead with you, This this too shall pass. But see, but we got this message in our bodies. But how about flow? That's another state. We can either experience fight, flight, freeze, or flow. But if we're going to get there, we need to be mindful of what's happening in our bodies as well. How am I feeling? What am I wanting? What thoughts are dominating? What emotions are surfacing? And then pivot accordingly. So the journey from scarcity to abundance requires introspection and alignment. It requires a commitment. Because it takes work. This was a lifetime. This was a lifetime. Or at least a childhood. What do they say? It's, uh you spend eight, it takes eighteen years to grow up and then the rest of your life to overcome your childhood, or something like this, right? So, a commitment to embody and practice the truth that you are enough, you do enough, and you have enough. You know, before we conclude here, I want us to just take a breath. Take a breath. We're going to do our affirmation that we're working with this month, And but before we do, I just want to, just sense yourself connected to your heart. Allow your breath to take you into that space, and from that space, allow yourself to sense and feel the person to your left, the person to your right, to feel yourself connected to community. And with the next breath, expand that to expand it to know and sense and feel your connection to the universe. We're not alone, spirit is here. And it's showing up in us, through us and as us and it's showing up as enough. Not scarcity. It's showing up as holiness. So let's affirm our affirmation. We've been working with this this week, and I hope that you have. If you haven't, um, do this. I I carry this card. I carry the card with me. I've, I've been carrying this card with me. There's some. We do have some in the lobby of the affirmation, and uh, just repeating it many times, at least five times. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a Muslim, but. Uh, <laughs> So let's repeat these together and as we say them allow yourself to sense and feel the truth of it. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. Enough. One more time. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough enough just take a breath and just whatever stories of not enough never enough in this moment we're declaring something else so one more time I am enough I do enough I have enough enough Turn to someone next to you and say you. You are enough. You do enough. You have enough. Enough. Oh, I feel the energy in the room. And let's claim it as we. We are enough. We do enough. We have Enough. enough, enough, enough is enough. And so it is. Peace and love, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, Come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.